nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry, and John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boys, Davy Crockett. I'm Lee. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by America's Mark Bourbon. This is Don't Tread on America. doing out there today it is sunday november 19th 2023 that's all i got for you today all right talk to you <laughs> all right guys i'm gonna i'm gonna try something a little different here today we're gonna talk about knitting and crocheting i i'm gonna turn over a new leaf uh, no we're not doing that this is don't turn america okay uh i have a question okay and I know some of you guys listen to the show, and you probably wonder, oh, this is this dude pro Hamas? Is he pro Israel? And I said this before: I'm not pro anything other than the citizens of these countries or lands or states or whatever the hell you want to call it. I have a serious problem with Hamas. I have a serious pro- problem with Hezbollah. I have a serious problem with the military of Iran, and I have a even ser- and just as equal a serious a problem with the IDF. It has nothing to do with the citizens of any of these countries. You know, if you talk about Lebanon, the Gaza, Palestinian people, uh, the Israeli people, or the Iranian people. It's the governments of these regions or countries and the militaries or um, terrorist uh, factions, I guess, of these areas. These are the problems I have. So I simply have a question to ask, and that is, were the Hamas attacks on Israel allowed to happen? Now, before we get into it, I'm asking you the question. So bear with me. That's going to be the topic of the show. Were these Hamas attacks allowed to happen? So guys, please make sure that uh, whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, you make sure you share the show, you follow the show, and uh, it's free. You know, you don't have to pay a dime. I'm not charging you for anything. If you're on Apple or Spotify, if you're listening to this on there, if you could leave me a five-star review, it would be greatly appreciated. And then I will, uh, if you want to leave me a review on Apple, you can. I will read those off, whether they're good or bad, you know, preferably good, but you know, whatever, if, if it's a bad and it's funny, whatever, even if you write me a bad review, but you give me a five star, you know, if you want to be funny, that's cool. We can be funny. We can be funny here. I'm fine with that. I likes the funny, <laughs> but more importantly, five star and, you know, a nice review would help. And, uh, if you want to follow us on social media, guys, you can check us out at don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, and the ticker talker and on true social also. And we are on the Twitter X machine at DTOM underscore 1775. And if you want to follow me personally, it's uh, PCGC underscore 1775. And if you are not on social media, that's fine. You can check us out at don'ttreadonamerica.com from 
each and all of those situations, including the podcast app you're listening on, there is a link to the DTOM store, guys, if you want to check that out. Christmas is right around the corner. I mean, just a little more than a month away, guys, and it's ho-ho-ho time, right? And uh, you can check that out. Some cool gifts. Ladies, if you're looking for something for your husband and he listens to the show, or, you know, guys, buy something for yourself. Hell, I do it all the time, right? <laughs> That's not the problem me and my wife are actually having. What do you want for Christmas, babe? I, I don't know. I don't really need anything. Hey, what about you? I'm just saying. We just, you know, if we want something, we buy it, you know. It's, you know, whatever. So, anyway, on to the situation. Now, I have one, two, three, four, uh, five different articles. And I'm going to try and bring them all together in peaceful harmony. But before I do, I need a sip here. Mm. Oh, yeah. Maybe a cinnamon old-fashioned, guys. Oh, my God. I forgot how good those fucking things are. Jesus Christ, I haven't had one of those in a minute. If you want to know how to make that sucker, <laughs> go to the TikTok page. Look, I think I have it pinned. It's cinnamon old-fashioned. Oh, my God, that is good. Whew. Anyway, so four, five stories here. <laughs> We're going to bring them all together. Now, some are new and some are old. Some are tall and some are long. Some are short and some are fat. No. So this particular article is from... El Pas. I think it's a Spanish uh, newspaper. And this was written back in 1962. When was this written? This was April of this year. April 10th, 2023. The hitting of said article goes, Leaked Pentagon documents heightens tension between U.S. and Israel. Now, I'm going to kind of read these five stories. I'm going to link it all together as to why I believe these attacks were allowed to happen. And and it's not that, and I've said this time and time again when we've talked about this subject, it's not like this is new. Israel's been a state, or I'm sorry, Israel has been a country since what, 1947, I think it was, 47, 48, somewhere around there, just after World War II. And these attacks from... I don't want to say Hamas because they're relatively new to the whole situation, but attacks nonetheless from Muslims attacking the Jewish people have been going on this whole time, even prior to. But it was it was escalated more so when when the the introduction of Israel as a country, you know, 75 years ago was was done. I'm not going to read live that whole experience guys if you want to learn about it i did a show a couple of weeks ago called the balfour declaration it'll tell you everything you need to know as far as why when where who why what but these attacks aren't new you know and and the reason the whole thing the reason the reason this interests me so much is this if for 70 some odd years these attacks have been going on and it's not occasionally. It's not like every five years or every ten years this happens. It's frequent. So I always had to ask the question, why is this dominating our news cycle? And I would have to assume that this is happening around the world. Not just in America. I would assume most countries that are similar to us as far as like a first world type nation you probably your news is probably dominated by the Israeli um, Palestinian situation also for whatever reason. And I'm sure it's to garner support because I think the ultimate goal here has nothing to do with the Palestinians or Hamas or Hezbollah, which is in out of Lebanon. It's all about Iran. okay? And I'm gonna get to that. But I want to I want to show you a couple a couple of different reasons why why maybe our relationship with Israel isn't all that it seems to be. Okay. So anyway, um, a uh, U.S. intelligence report states that Israel's spy body Mossad has been fueling protest against the government's judicial overhaul. Claims denied by the Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. 
The U.S. Department of Justice has opened an investigation into the apparent leak of military and intelligence documents online. The leak of what appears to be classified Pentagon documents, most concerning the war in Ukraine, has sent shockwaves across the world. It has been increased. Um, it has increased attacks between Ukraine and Russia, and exposed exposed the vulnerabilities within the U.S. allies, including one of White White House's closest supporters, Israel. The filtered documents included allegations that Israel's spy body Mossad is fueling protest against the against Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu proposed judicial reform, which would take away power from the Supreme Court. For the past three months, tens of thousands of people have taken to the streets to protest the reform, which is now on hold. The mass mobilizations caused friction within the government and criticism from institutions such as the country's president and army. The top-secret U.S. intelligence documents allege that Mossad's leadership had advocated for Mossad officials and Israeli citizens to protect the new Israeli government's proposed judicial reforms, including several explicit calls to action that decried the Israeli government. On Sunday, the office of Prime Minister Netanyahu was forced to deny the claims made in the documents. It stated that the report was... uh, was without any foundation whatsoever. But the situation has heightened tensions between the U.S. and Israel, which have strained since President Biden recriticized Netanyahu's judicial reform. Another leaked document suggests that Washington was pressuring the Israeli government to provide lethal weapons to Ukraine, a move which would go against Israel's current stance and jeopardize Netanyahu's good relationship with Russian President Vladimir Putin. I also, before I read on here, well, I'll just read on, then I'll talk, so what I was going to say. <laughs> the classified documents um, appear to have revealed sensitive information on the war in Ukraine and Russia's espionage activities, according to the leaked documents. Hackers working for the federal, the Russian Federal Secur- Security Service claim to have attacked a Canadian natural gas pipeline company in February, compromising the IP address of the company and causing damage to its infrastructure. The leak also contains sensitive information about military capacity of the opposing armies, combat plans for the alleged spring offensive, as well as details about the international debate of U.S. allies. According to the New York Times, one report verified in the principle, uh, in principle by federal investigators contains information about how South Korea is under pressure to provide artillery shells to Ukraine. Other refer to China, the Middle East, and Africa. The first batch of classified documents was allegedly leaked on a Discord server in March. And since then, more information has been shared on Twitter, Telegram, 4chan, and other social networks. It is one of the most serious leaks since WikiLeaks published more than 700,000 diplomatic cables in 2013. Defense analysts who spoke to the U.S. media argued that the leak bolsters Russian propaganda as it dis, uh, demonstrates the extent of which U.S. intelligence has managed to penetrate the Russian military apparatus. The Pentagon said Friday that it was actively reviewing the matter and had reviewed to, referred to the case to the Justice Department where the investigations in its early stages. U.S. officials told the Washington Post that some of the leaked documents have been doctored suggesting possible Russian involvement. But many others were cons- uh, consistent with CIA's World Intelligence Review reports, which are shared at the highest level of the White House, the Pentagon, and the State Department. Indeed, uh, information on the military plans in Ukraine, such as Ukraine's air defenses or weak, weak flanks of the Ukrainian and Russian armies, is also detailed that experts believe that reports were leaked by an American and not an ally. The focus is now being used... Um, I'm sorry, I got friggin' sun shining right through the window. It's like <laughs> bouncing off my desk into my face. I'm trying to block it here. Uh, U.S. leak, as many of the documents were only in U.S. hands. Michael uh, Mulroy, Mulroy, a former senior Pentagon official, told Root Rooters, uh, with special, well, I'm sorry, with respect to the Ukraine war in Ukraine, the military intelligence reports appear to have been doctored to minimize Russian losses. Blah, blah, blah. So anyway, a lot of this has to do and where Biden has been pressuring, and this has been going on for almost two years now, 
where Biden has been pressuring other countries, our allies, to provide Ukraine with, with military assets, whether it be tanks, planes, bombs, whatever. And um, this is this story, like I said, was back in April this year. So, okay, well, what's the big deal? This is new. Okay, well, this story is new. Now, here's a story. Here's a report. I shouldn't say a story. Story makes it sound like it's made up. <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> this is from 2014. Okay, so when I tell you I have questions to ask, you can't just you can't just Google or DuckDuck or whatever you use the question because usually the top 20 or so uh, searches that pop up are relatively new. It's going to be one day ago, two days ago, a month ago. You know what I'm saying? So you really have to keep digging and digging and digging and digging to find something that you're looking for or that you don't even know that you're looking for. Israel will not stop spying on the U.S. This is from May 6th of 2014 from Newsweek. So as the article goes, what ha whatever happened to honor among thieves? When the NSA was caught eavesdropping on German Chancellor Angela Merkel's cell phone, it was considered a rude way to treat a friend. Now U.S. intelligence officials are saying, albeit very quietly behind closed doors on Capitol Hill, that our Israel, Israeli friends, quote-unquote, have gone too far with their spying operations here. According to classified briefing, briefings on legislation that would lower visa restrictions on Israeli citizens, Jerusalem efforts to steal U.S. secrets under the cover of trade missions and joint defense technology contracts have crossed red lines. Israel's espionage activities in America are unrivaled and unseemly. Counterspies have told members of the House Judiciary and Foreign Affairs Committees going far beyond activities by other close allies such as France, Germany, and UK and Japan. A congressional staff staffer familiar with the briefing last uh, January, this was 2014, mind you, called the testimony very sobering, alarming, very terrifying. Another staffer called it damaging. The Jewish state's primary target, America's industrial and technical secrets. No other country close to the U.S. continues to cross the line on espionage like the Israelis do. So, industrial, technical secrets, you'd be like, oh, what's the big deal? The problem is this. <laughs> of all the countries out there, and this is, this is serious talk, we are told that Israel is our closest ally. Now, I don't know that that is 100%. I mean, I don't think that that's 100%. We're told they're one of our closest allies or our closest ally. I mean, they say the same thing about England, and then you got France, and you got Canada, and you know, whatever. Um, I don't, I honestly, in my heart of hearts, <laughs> I, I'm going to say it like this. Now, this has nothing to do with the citizens of any of these countries. So please, if you're listening to this, whether you're in the United States or wherever you're at, you're obviously listening to the show for a reason. You stumbled upon it because the title interests you, so you're listening to it, or you're a longtime listener because you like the, the idea of don't tread on America. You like the things that I bring to the table. If you're new to the show, hello, thank you for being here. I'm not saying this about any citizen of any country, whether whether you're considered an ally of America or a foe of America. This has nothing to do with the people of these countries. This is all about our governments, my government in this country, your government in your country. Okay, or if you're not, you know, if I'm talking about Israel or whoever, you know, this is what I'm talking about. I personally have my, this is my personal opinion, that I think citizens of other countries love America because of the, the belief of how free and how great and how everything is and da-da-da-da-da. Whether that's true or not, that's the, the image that's painted about America because of the history of this country. And if you live in a country that doesn't have quite those freedoms... You have the illusion of what America is. It's kind of like me. I live in Florida, okay? And I never specify exactly where I live. Obviously, the couple of people that know who I am and where I am and where I'm from, you know, obviously, where I live. 
But when you tell somebody that doesn't live in Florida that you live in Florida, <laughs> they think of two things. They think of Disney World and they think of beaches. When the majority of Florida is neither of those things. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Florida is actually one of the largest in the country in beef production. So in order for this state that isn't very big land-wise to be one of the largest beef producers in the country, there has to be a lot of what? Right, cows. <laughs> so believe it or not, a lot of this state is farmland and orange trees and strawberries and cows and horses and and if you travel, I'm in central Florida, so if I travel 80 miles that way or 80 miles that way, I'm on a beach. So, yeah, beaches surround me, but they're not I'm, they're not on my back door. Um, and Disney's 60 miles <laughs> away. Maybe not that far. It seems like that because traffic sucks. Anyway, so America isn't as great as people that don't live here think it is if that makes any sense. And I believe that every country, whether they're our, our ally or our enemy, has, it, has an issue with this country because of the belief of what it was, is, or could be. So, I guess it's kind of like this. Let's say you have a friend, and your friend uh, makes three times the amount of money that you do. Now you guys are friends. You've you've lived. You've known each other forever. You you grew up together. <clears throat> and let's say your job, you you you're not broke, but let's say you make about fifty or so thousand a, a year, and your wife makes say thirty thousand a year. Okay, but your buddy over here is a doctor, and he's making six figures, and his wife's a a nurse practitioner, and she <laughs> practitioner, and she's making six figures. So let's say between you and your wife, you're making about 80000 or so a year. And between your buddy and his wife, they're making about mm, three or 400000 a year. You're still friends. You've known each other for 20, 30, however many years. Even though you're friends and you like each other and you might hang out and you might drink some whiskey together and you might, you know, go shoot some guns or play some golf or whatever. There's still, you have that jealousy, I guess is a good word to use there. Of what he has and you don't. If that makes any sense. And I feel that there's a lot of countries out there. That we are quote unquote friends with. That feel that same way about this country. And obviously. We're not going to tell. It, your friends. You don't tell your friends everything. Because you don't know if you can really trust them. You, you understand what I'm saying? So you're not going to give all your secrets away to your friends you're going to hide a little bit of something because you never know when your friend's going to become your enemy especially when you're talking about world power and world domination and you don't know who in your friends might share that information with your enemy you don't know so you hold some things close to your vest in the meantime your friends are constantly spying on you because they want to know what you know and what you're not telling them they know you know something. They know that you have the F-22 Raptor, one of the most sophisticated flying machines in the world, but you're giving us F-14s. You understand? <laughs> Albeit F-14's a fine aircraft. <laughs> Nothing compared to the F-22. You understand what I'm saying? So, I think our friend, and I'm not saying that Israel's guilty of doing all that. I mean, I'm saying they are, but I'm not saying that they're the only ones. I'm sure England and Germany and, you know, whoever else. Also, I think we do the same thing to them. We want to see what Israel's up to, what England's up to, what Germany, what whoever, as well as China and Russia and Iran and whoever else, right? So I think it's just a big spy game amongst all the countries, all the major countries, the, you know, probably, what, 30, 40 major countries in this world that spy on one another to try and see what we have, what we know, what they have, what they know. And, and, and we write it up and we see a story and it's like, Israel won't stop doing this. Well, what are we doing to them or to other countries? I think the problem is, 
basically is we we believe I, this is my what I think I think that America believes especially our government that and and, and I'm going to say it back to you and your buddy you believe that if you are you and your friend are best friends and you do everything together you like I said you play golf you you work on cars you shoot guns you go to the gym you're you're constantly hanging out well now if your buddy goes and hangs out with someone that you don't really like let's say Bob is your best friend here and he's going to go hang out with Jim and you don't really care for Jim a whole lot you know you don't you don't hate him you don't like him you don't want to hang out with him you know maybe he's in S&M or whatever I don't know <laughs> and Bob goes to hang out with Jim you might feel a little bit some way about that thing okay so I think that's a similar situation here with with Israel be befriending Russia and China. And they're doing this not to piss us off necessarily, but to, I mean, hell, you got Iran right next door <laughs> if you're Israel. So you know that you're, you as Israel are in the middle of the shit, so to speak. And Iran's biggest ally is Russia. So obviously you want to become friends with your enemy's friend to hopefully hopefully that person won't get in the middle. Okay? Or maybe they'll talk to Iran to say, hey, you know, just chill out, you know, Netanyahu's a pretty cool dude, just let him go, you know, whatever. When in all actuality, Iran would rather kill all of them than be friends with any of them. Um and that's basically what all of this is. And now we're going to get mad at Israel because you're befriending our quote-unquote enemies. But in that same ter- and, and, <laughs> and in that same tone, we also go to the International Space Station with cosmonauts and Chinese uh, astronauts. I don't know what their what their terminology is for those people, but. So it doesn't, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Is it all theater? Is it all a way for the the powers that be to just make money and sacrifice us as pawns in their games? It's like that the board game Risk, right? It's like you're just there for world domination and you don't care about the pawns in the game. You're just here to win the game. And no one ever wins... Because it's all done by the media. The stories are all told on TV or in the newspaper or on social media. There's no winners. Only only thing that happens is you have people lose. And by losing, they're just losing their lives. There's no one winning. I'm not winning. America's not winning. Israel's not winning. China's not winning. Russia's not winning. Ukraine's not winning. But the governments and the contractors of the, all those countries are. You understand what I'm saying? So, why, if, if you want to ask the question, was, or, yeah, was Hamas allowed to do this? And, and the reason I'm asking like that, were the Hamas attacks on Israel allowed to happen? Now, obviously, Obviously, Hamas didn't go and say, hey, we're thinking about attacking like October 7th. You th- what do you think? You think that's cool? We can go in. We'll paraglide in and we'll shoot up a couple of things and we'll hit a, uh, a concert or whatever and take some hostages. Are you guys cool with that? It wasn't like that. And, and the reason this is sticking with me is because when this happened, October 7th, 2023, a day that will live in... No. It's been compared to... This is their 9-11. This is their Pearl Harbor. And the reason that phrase strikes me as being very peculiar is this. It is of my belief, and if you've listened to the show for a long time, we did a show a while ago, uh, False Flags. Okay? And then I also did a show about 9-11. Once again, another false flag, or what I believe. Now, I'm not saying that either of those events didn't happen. Pearl Harbor happened. Japanese, Japan attacked and bombed Pearl Harbor. Period. 9-11 was 
you had two planes run into the World Trade Center, another one run into the Pentagon, and another one crash in Pennsylvania. I'm not disputing that happened. My dispute is that we knew that was going to happen, and we accelerated said events to be able to get into a situation. We allowed, during World War II, we were not in World War II. We were minding our own business. We were Switzerland, so to speak. Now, we were probably weren't quite like Switzerland to the fact that we were supplying England with military aid. Okay, whether it be weapons, tanks, so on and so forth. But that was about it. Now, as the story is told, Pearl Harbor was the was the result of us helping the English and France and whatever in that situation. The problem is, is by all accounts, we knew Pearl Harbor was going to happen. And our, we allowed it to happen. Not that our military, not that the, 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 the poor souls in Hawaii said, well, here they come. Just let them do what they got to do. It wasn't like that. We knew that this attack was coming. I don't even know that we knew it was going to be on December 7th. But we knew it was coming about that time. And our intelligence, military intelligence, let it happen because we needed support. We needed the the support of the people to be able to say, look what these motherfuckers just did. They just bombed one of our Navy bases in Hawaii, which at the time wasn't even a state. And it garnered support for us to be able to go into war. Nobody wants to go into war. In this country, nobody wants to, I shouldn't say nobody, the majority of the people in this country do not want to go to war because we never know if that war is going to come here. We always have to, if you think about it, no war has ever, I shouldn't say ever, but no war has taken place on our land since 1812. Okay? So you got to think about it. If you're alive, <laughs> Don, you ask the stupidest questions. If you're alive right now, no fucking shit I'm alive. I'm listening to the show. <laughs> you and me have never seen war on our land. Okay? Unless you happen to be 170 years old. <laughs> Actually, you'd have to be older than that. No, 170, I'd be... Well, with the exception of the Civil War. I mean, with the exception of the Civil War, I'm talking foreign entities. Um, so we don't know what that's like. You see what happening, what's happening in like Israel and Ukraine and uh, Bosnia and, you know, just different areas. You've seen tapes of that. You, you might have even seen stuff about World War II and like, I don't want that here. Right. I don't want tanks rolling through my neighborhood. I don't want planes flying. I don't I don't want that here. If you if you are so fortunate as to be in Baghdad or, you know, in the Middle East at any point in your life and to to see and hear and be involved in what happened. And if you put yourself in the place of just the regular citizens in these towns, in these villages, when this was going on that had nothing to do with anything. That's what we don't want here. Nobody wants that in their country, in their town. Nobody wants that. So in this country, we're very opinionated as to what happens and what our, what our government does. So what our government has to do is garner support. So we have to allow something to happen here in order for us to say, well, we got to go. Right, we gotta we gotta let them bomb Pearl Harbor because that'll piss off enough people that say fuck those motherfuckers. Let's go, right? Nine eleven, we knew something was gonna happen. We had an idea of what they were gonna do. Now, it is of my belief, and it's of a lot of people's belief that we accelerated the crumbling of those towers in New York. Because by all accounts, there's no way in hell two jet airplanes are taking down those towers. Show for well, I've already did the show. Go back, listen to 9-11 this past year. I did one. It's a great show. Check it out. But I'm not denying the fact that you had whatever it was, 12 hijackers, 
hijack these planes for that sole purpose. I think that was their purpose. I think Bin Laden was involved. I think everything that we are basically told happened, happened. I think we accelerated to get the the shock and awe, so to speak. Okay? Kind of like with uh, with Oklahoma bombing. We knew that was going to happen. We let it happen, but we had to make it bigger than it probably was actually going to be so we could get the full effect of the anger of this country. We needed 9-11 to happen because we wanted to go into Iraq. Not that Iraq, by all accounts, had anything to do with 9-11. But we also wanted to go into Afghanistan, and that's where we said that we believed bin Laden was. So it enabled us to do those things because it pissed off enough Americans. It was a big enough shock and awe to the fact that for 26, or 26, 20, what's it been? 20, it's 2001. So two, 22 years now, we've mourned that incident, right? So if this October 7th is Israel's 9-11 or Pearl Harbor, that triggers my mind to start thinking. Because, like I've said a hundred times before, this isn't new. This happens there all the time. I'm not saying it like it's cool that it happens all the time. I'm not saying that. But if, if you've ever lived in Israel, if you've ever lived in this part of the country, you know better than I do because I've never had the fortune to be there. Not in Israel. But I can go through history from 1948 to today and show you different events that happen on a regular basis. Some are bigger than others. Some are just a random missile shot. Some are a six-day war. Okay? So these things happen there all the time. So why was this incident blown out of proportion media-wise? So... I'm not the only one asking this question. This is out of the conversation. <laughs> so, you know, you've got to find people that are willing to ask the question. How did Israelis intelligent miss Hamas's preparations to attack? A U.S. counterism expert explains how Israeli intelligence works. Okay. Now, before I read this, I, I want you to understand how this happened. You had Hamas... Um, essentially float in to this country or, you know, to, to Israel and do what they did. Now, I'm going to read this story. Um, I'm going to read this as it's written, so whatever. Israel is widely recognized as having highly sophisticated intelligence capabilities, both in terms of, of its ability to collect information about potential threats within its own country and outside of it. And so as details unfold about the full extent of Hamas's unprecedented and its surprise attack on 20 Israeli towns and several army bases on October 7th, the question lingers, how did Israel fail to piece together the clues about this large-scale and highly complex plot in advance. Israeli intelligence did not or did detect some suspicious activity on Hamas militant networks before the attack, um, but the warning wasn't acted upon or fully understood in its entirety, similar to what happened to the United States shortly before the terrorist attacks on 9-11. Intelligence analysts is like putting a thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle together from individual pieces of intelligence every day, trying to make judgment for policymakers to actually do something with those insights. So, if, if you look at these attacks, and the Gaza Strip is not a very big area, and if they came also from the West Bank, same difference, you would think... If your enemy is right there, you, if, if you're constantly surveilling these areas. If, if one of our largest enemies was Canada, for example, do you, do you not think they would be under constant surveillance? That if they twitched, we wouldn't be aiming 
something at them. So, in the article, they say, We spoke to Ali to try and better understand how Israeli intelligence works and the potential gaps in the system that paved the way for Hamas incursion. So they say, what questions did you have as you watched the attacks unfold? This took an enormous amount of deliberate and careful planning, and Hamas must have gone through great lengths to conceal the plotting from Israeli intelligence. This plotting may indeed have been hidden as the plot was being coordinated because of the attack's advanced features. I also thought that Iran almost certainly played a role in supporting the operation, although the U.S. officials have so far they did not have intelligence evidence of that happening. Finally, Hamas is on Israel's doorstep. One would think Israel could better understand what's happening in Gaza and the West Bank as opposed to a thousand miles away in Iran. How did Israel not see something in advance right next door? Some Israeli officials have said that they believe Hamas was already deterred by recent Israeli counterterrorism operations and that the group lacked the capability to launch such an attack. How does Israeli intelligence work? Israel has one of the most capable and sophisticated intelligence enterprises at the international level. The current design and functioning of Israel's intelligence simply system broadly mirrors that of the U.S. with respect to the rules and responsibilities. In Israel, Sinbet is the Israeli domestic security service, so basically the equivalent of the FBI, which monitors threats within the country on a foreign security Side, Israel has Mossad, which is equivalent to the CIA. Third, there is Israeli military intelligence, similar to the U.S. Defense Intelligence Agency. There are other similar organizations within the military intelligence that are focused on different intelligence issues. Like most Western countries, Israel relies on a combination of different intelligence sources. These include recruiting people to provide intelligence, so on and so forth. How does Israel's intelligence system differ from the U.S.? Unlike the U.S., one thing Israelis don't have is an overall intelligence coordinator, a single representative who knows about the overseas, all of the different intelligence components, U.S. system and blah, 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 just about directors. Uh, what role does U.S. have in monitoring threats to Israel? If any, the U.S. and Israel have a very strong intelligent relationship. The partner is bilateral, meaning the two uh, it's just between the two countries and not part of a large international group. So... Basically, they're saying that their intelligence apparatus is equally as strong as what we have. And by all accounts, like I said, probably some of the best intelligence in the world, and I would line it up probably within the same as what China has and what Russia has. Okay? Which means that if you were to attack China or Russia, they wouldn't let... that happen okay they would meet us at the doorstep so to speak as well as if we were sitting here and we didn't want the war in china or russia or whatever was invading here we wouldn't let that happen so once again were the hamas attacks allowed to happen so this 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 here is an article this is from 2016 so, there's a company in Israel. It was founded in 1948. It's called the Mur Group. Now, essentially, when it was created, it was um, a, a metal workshop. It was a construction situation. Over, over time, it has uh, changed over to more of a wireless infrastructure software and public transfer transit ticketing situation. And... Um, so the group's evolution from cutting metal to electronic snooping reflects a larger shift in Israeli economy. Technologi- uh, technology is one of the main sectors in the Israel, Israeli industry. Industry. The Israeli firms tie, uh, with ties to intelligence like the Mer Group are using their expertise to market themselves internationally. So this is a company who sells to, is part of the Israel Defense Court. It's like, a, it's like, uh, like what Lockheed Martin is to us. Okay? But we also buy from this company so it's safe to say that from an intelligence standpoint between america and israel you're talking between the cia Mossad. you're talking some of the best in the business 
They knew this was going to happen. They knew it. But is it is this the reason? Even if even if there was a slip up in Israel's intelligence, even if even if Mossad or whoever missed something, because one would want to believe that if I'm the president or prime minister of Israel, I don't want my people to die. But I guess in the grand scheme of things, if you don't really give a shit, as long as you don't die, right, and your family or whatever don't die. This is an article from December of last year, so almost a year ago. Joe Biden inches toward war with Iran, makes Israel full military partner. So preparing for any potential war against Iran, the Biden administration has formally elevated Israel Israel in military planning. Israel's change, uh, change status comes as the U.S. military refocuses from the war on terror to potential combat with the big four, China, Russia, North Korea, and Iran. As Israel has become fully-fledged military partner, the U.S. intelligence community is also putting more emphasis on its Hebrew language program to spy on its number one Middle Mideast ally. So we're, we want to bring them into the fold. They want to spy on them, so we've got to work on our Hebrew. For the Pentagon, Israel is the most prized military and intelligence partner in the Middle East. With its vast combat experience and advanced technologies, with the end of the combat in Afghanistan and Iraq, and with the brokering of the Abraham Accords by the Trump administration, Washington sees an opportunity to incorporate Israel into the new region, regional alliance. So essentially, the way I'm understanding this, so for a year now, we have been gearing towards war with Iran. Now, you could sit here and ask the question, well, if the Biden administration is so focused on going to war with Iran, why would we give them money? Why would we say, here's $10 billion, here's this, here's that? Well, and I think it's a situation, I think it's a question that has been answered without being answered because they want to avoid the question, because they don't want you to know, because you're all fucking stupid. It's essentially what they're saying. So let me see how can I explain this. Okay. <clears throat> we want to go to war with Iran. We need a reason to go to war with Iran. We can't just go to war with Iran. So what we want to do is we want to poke, 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 poke. So how are we going to poke, 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 poke without making it look like we're poke, 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 poking? <laughs> we get Israel involved. So... We know that Iran, Iran probably hates Israel more than they hate us, but not much more, if that makes any sense. So if we're going to, if we know that Israel, that Iran is going to use Hezbollah and Hamas out of, out of Gaza and out of um, Lebanon, you give them the money. I mean, by all accounts, it was their money. We were freezing it, whatever, whatever. So you say, here's whatever that dollar amount was, $10 billion, whatever it was. Under the, under the idea that they're probably going to use it to attack Israel. You, you incorporate Israel into the knowing that this is probably, this is what we're going to do. Because it wasn't within, what, two weeks that we gave them that money and this happens. Right? And then the excuses on our end was like, oh, there's no way they, they didn't even liquefy the money. There's no way they did that. Okay, Whatever. The point of the matter is, <laughs> I believe we funded this at the expense of Israeli citizens, because who cares? Much like we probably had some hand in 9-11 because, well, if we lose 10, you know, if we lose one, two, three thousand Americans, whatever, as well as we can just look the other way as Pearl Harbor gets bond, bombed and we lose a couple hundred servicemen and maybe some some uh, civilians, whatever. In the grand scheme of things, it's going to get us to our end goal, and that's war. Because war is money. Right now, we're in a shitty economy. Coincidentally, in 1940, we were in a shitty economy. Coincidentally, in 20, 2008, we were in a shitty economy. So... You know Iran wants to go to war. You know they do. They don't care. They don't care. So you give them money. 
knowing that they're going to give it to their terrorist organizations, knowing that these people are chomping at the bit to just do something to Israel. So you give them the money, they do what they do, that gives you an excuse. Because you also notice on the news lately that there's constant attacks on military bases in Syria and Iraq and in the vicinity of Iran. So why is that? Because Iran wants to go to war just as much as we do. So there's still yet to something. Something is yet to happen. We are not going to actually go to a full-fledged war with Iran yet. But something is going to happen that's going to cause us to go into this war. And the tricky part about this is it's just like Ukraine. I believe we were involved in all of that starting because in the in the ultimate end game, we want war with Russia. We need a stepping stone. Ukraine, we couldn't garner the support in this country, so Ukraine is paying the price of our war game. Now we've moved on to Israel. And we're using Israel as a pawn in our war game with Russia via Iran. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is all a means to an end. And I, I did a show a couple of weeks ago. They want war. I don't want war. You don't want war. No matter where you're listening to this from. None of us want war. But they're going to have it. And I think the thing that worries me the most is this. I personally think can possibly see not that I can see Biden being president for much more than another year I mean not even that he would win or lose in the election I'm think I'm talking physically capable of being president I don't I honestly can't even imagine he's going to make it another year I mean in all honesty the man has lost it so is it a is it a guide to put whoever in office that's a show for another day we're not going to get into that but I think in essence it's all about feeding the big boys. It's feeding the military uh, industrial complex. And we honestly can't get to next November quick enough. I mean, in my honest opinion, we cannot get there quick enough. Because, and I, and I personally believe that's why Trump is under all of this fucking fire. Because he was on the verge of creating peace in the Middle East. He was. And they, they don't want that they want war all right all right i'm gonna close this show out with something i had a i had a fucking thing here i really did I swear to god and i guess i chatted too long and it went away <sighs> I swear to fucking god I, I i don't not is that solar flare hit because the internet is sucking lately I mean, literally sucking. Give me a minute here, folks. Are you serious? Now, I know they couldn't have taken that that fucking... This was out of a local station. This is out of Tampa. For whatever reason, the uh, article... There it is. There it is. Let me read it real quick. Let, get to it, get to it, get to it. All right, so gentleman named, I shouldn't call him gentleman, this dude named Jimmy Gardner, who previously, previously spent 27 years in prison for a wrongful, quote-unquote wrongful, sexual assault conviction, was exonerated in 2016. So uh, Jimmy Gardner is a youth motivational speaker. He was arrested in Tampa on human trafficking charges. According to authorities, the 57-year-old made contact with a 16-year-old girl around uh, 1.30 a.m. Friday and invited her back to his room at the Renaissance Hotel at International Plaza. Investigators said when she arrived, Garner offered her girl money in exchange for sexual acts. What the fuck? I don't know what the fuck. Anyway... Let me just get off that website. I don't know what the fuck all that was. Um, anyway, Jimmy Gardner. Who's Jimmy Gardner? Why do you care? Well, he is the brother-in-law of Stacey Abrams out of Georgia. Yes, that's Stacey Abrams. And uh, the only reason I'm bringing this up is this. 
here's a person who spent time in prison for alleged sexual offenses, who was exonerated, but then turns around and does the same thing. Um, I guess my point being is this. Stacey Abrams comes out, I'm so great, I'm this, I'm that, uh, the election was stolen from me because she ran for governor, da 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 My point being is this. <laughs> All these motherfuckers are fucked in the head. Okay, I know it's her brother-in-law, but brother-in-law, so that means she's married to his brother, or her sister's married to him, or some kind of, I'm assuming he's not married because he's in Tampa trying to pick up 16-year-old girls. So maybe it's her husband's brother, I'm guessing, whatever, whatever. Somehow there's a connection to her. My point being is these people are all demonic and fucked in the head. And last but not least, I don't know, you probably have seen this, but it looks like Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, is gone. He's been kicked. No, I'm joking. Uh, He stuck to his word. He ran on that he was going to release the January 6th tapes. And he did so on Friday. Of course he did on Friday because who in the fuck pays attention to the news on Friday. But he did the, for the most part, he's releasing, I think I saw, I heard a number of 90%, 95%, something like that. And the reason it's not 100 is because there is some of that tape that is very sensitive security-wise, blah, 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 whatever. But from what I've seen of these tapes, the 90 whatever percent that they've released is pretty damning to the fact that J6, for the most part... And the majority of these people, the majority of the people that were tried and convicted or are going or still undergoing trial is bullshit. The stuff that we've been saying now for two years is right, that this whole thing was bullshit. And there were some bad people that did some bad things, to quote Ilhan Amar. But a lot of those people were paid to do so, i.e., Ray Epps, John Sullivan, and so on and so forth. But a lot of the people that have been convicted is because, and I've said this before, a lot of these people that have been convicted for this January 6th situation, it's because they had shitty lawyers, they couldn't afford lawyers, they had they had uh, public defenders, whatever the case may be, that talked them into taking plea deals. Now, the couple of people that got off on charges... It's because they could afford a lawyer, they had a decent lawyer, and they basically said, look at the footage. Now that the footage being released, you can go go Twitter, go to TikTok, go, and after you're done following Don't Tread on America on all these situations, search January 6th. Now, the reason I'm saying go to TikTok and go to Twitter, because I guarantee you that's the only place you're going to find it. If you go to Instagram or Facebook, you're not going to see shit, which is one of the reasons why they want to get rid of TikTok, guys. I'm telling you. Um, so watch these tapes, like someone posted the tape and I remember seeing this guy where he goes up to the cops and says, you're not doing anything. These people are breaking windows and you're just standing here. This guy, why wasn't he brought in front of the J6 committee to testify? And furthermore, everyone on that J6 committee saw all these tapes. They saw what you're going to see if you go look this stuff up. And you'll see, as much as they saw, that for the most part, these people didn't do shit. You can't even say they trespassed because the police officers let them go. Let them walk down the hallways. For the most part, they guided them in open doors for a lot of these individuals. One of the reasons why Jacob Chandler, Chandley, whatever, the, the shaman, was let out of jail. Because <laughs> Tucker Carlson got these tapes and helped him. This is just more proof that they want this country under constant division. And the best way to do that is have us going at each other, and then they're going to bring you all together with war, because that's what they do. All right, guys. That is all I have for you today. Today is Sunday. November 19, 2023. Guys, make sure you're following the show on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. You share this with your friends. And also follow us on social media. Don't Tread on America on Facebook, Instagram, True Social, and the Ticker Talker. And on the Twitter X machine, we are DTOM underscore 1775. And guys, please, November 19th, got a little more than a month. I'm telling you, go to the DTOM store, check it out. 
stuff ships within about a week. So please check it out. Help the show. Help me. Help us. Let's get the movement going. And I'll I'll probably be back. I'm going to be back at least one more time before Thanksgiving. I might do two more shows before Thanksgiving. And the reason I'm doing this is because I know most everybody else is taking the week off because it's Thanksgiving. I am like you guys, just a regular dude with a full-time job and a part-time podcast. I got to work this week. I have Thursday off. Uh, but I'm bringing a couple shows. So you have something to listen to while you're on the job, while you're doing your thing, and so on and so forth. With that being said, guys, you have a tremendous rest of your Sunday, and I will talk to you again very, very soon. Just follow the show, and you'll see when the show pops up. That's Don't Parade America, whatever podcast app you're listening to. Please follow the show. Thank you.